Hello, and welcome to Plotress. As always, this is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're going to be talking about Never Judge a Lady by Her Cover by Sarah McLean. So this came out in 2014. It's the final book in the Rules of Scoundrels series. And this one is about, dun-dun-dun, Chase. The mysterious leader of the bad boys of the fallen angel. But wait, it's a girl! (laughs) Uh, So we previously have reviewed the Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake um, but I don't think we've done the second two in the series yet. Not yet. Um, so the chase in his uh, in the female second, life in the is Georgiana. Book. Yeah, Georgiana. Who is a major player in the second and third. Second and third, yes. Of the the rules by... Love by, by numbers. numbers series. Uh, so Sarah McLean, I think I've, I've mentioned this before, her independent series are like a little bit more integrated yeah. than I'm used to. Like there's... It's not just a passing reference to being at so-and-so's ball. Like, characters do reappear. They reappear. Um, and in, in those books, spoiler alert, uh, she gets pregnant out of wedlock and has a baby girl. As, as like, 16-year-old. Yes. Like, not just out of wedlock, but, like, she's never even, she never even comes out as right. a debutante. True. So she's never been out in society. She was ruined before she had the chance right. to, to do so. So, as, as we usually do, we'll start with the book jacket. She is the most powerful woman in Britain, a queen of the London underworld, but no one can ever know. He is the only man smart enough to uncover the truth, putting all she has at risk, including her heart. By day, she is Lady Georgiana, sister to a duke, ruined before her first season in the worst kind of scandal. But the truth is far more shocking. In London's darkest corners, she is Chase, the mysterious, unknown founder of the city's most legendary gaming hell. For years, her double identity has gone undiscovered until now. Brilliant, driven, handsome as sin, Duncan West is intrigued by the beautiful, ruined woman who is somehow connected to a world of darkness and sin. He knows she is more than she seems, and he vows to uncover all of Georgiana's secrets, laying bare her past, threatening her present, and risking all she holds dear, including her heart. So, my first thought is they reused um, the idea of risking it all, including her heart, twice in the same synopsis. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it it makes sense. She, She runs a gaming house, so she risks a lot of things. Yeah, they also refer in the book jacket to a double identity. And it's more like a triple, triple identity. identity. And, and it doesn't even say what he does. It just, he's, it just says he's brilliant, driven, and handsome as sin. Which is, which is great, but it says nothing about who he is as a person, about what he does in his life. Like, what is the risk? Right, and he's a newspaper man. Yeah, is. which... Which you think is going to be this great risk because she's... So again, she's the ruined sister of a duke. She runs a gaming hell. She has two secret identities. Yeah, one. so the other secret, identi- secret identity, other than being Chase, the mysterious male owner of the gaming hell, she is also Anna, who is like the head... She's the madam. The madam, yes. The, the head prostitute, I was going to say, of, of the ladies of the night at the, the gaming hell. So she's got these two... Secret identities, plus her being the the sister of the Duke, who's been ruined. So I mean, her getting together with the newspaper man, like you, the premise off the bat, you're like, I was like, this is great. Like I was really looking forward to it because she's gonna be, you know, can I tell him the truth? And then he's once he finds out, he's gonna be like, wow, this is the scoop of the century. How can I not publish it? Spoiler: None of that happens. That said, 
because it was a missed opportunity. This is probably my favorite in the series. I think the chemistry between the two of them is great. And because of her past ruination, because she's living undercover, she comes the closest to being a bad boy. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. She's definitely the worst of the f- four bad boys, well, in my opinion. Well, worst is... No, because Michael in the first one is a real asshole. I mean, he's a real asshole, but he's not a real bad boy. I don't I mean, he basically forces his friend to marry him for... Like, he comes off... He's actually, like, too mean for me. He's pretty she's mean, she's yeah. not mean. She's not mean. She's just cold-blooded. She's cold-blooded. She's ruthless. And she does have, like... A past that would be difficult for yeah. people to forgive. So, but it's not like too far. Of course, it's not too far. But but often we talk about how like bad boys can be so bad they're irredeemable and we don't get it. Like yeah. she is the closest to a true bad boy that's kind of hot. Yeah, I, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like she's like the true like bad okay. boy who can be redeemed. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes. And and even though like her ruination was not really her fault, it's more society's fault. She still is definitely ruined. She still definitely made the choice. To be with the dude who ruined her. So what? She wasn't like raped. No. nothing like that. Um, which I which I really like. Hooked up with a stable boy. She thought it was love. He thought it was a tumble. Yeah, and then he scarpered. Mm-hmm. You know, he he ran off and left her with the the baby, which he didn't even know. That no, he pregnant. didn't know either. Yeah, no. he just disappeared. So, but on the whole, like I actually do. There's some things about this one that frustrate me, but I think the dynamic between the two of them the challenges that they both have are like very legitimate and compelling. Yeah. All right, so let's let's do our randomly generated numbered summaries. I'll start with mine because I think Lane's is like way funnier as usual. Yours okay. is pretty good this time. So, the random number was 46. The random number was 46. So these are pretty lengthy. Yeah. So here's mine. Once upon a time, a young noble woman was ruined. Like really truly ruined. Then she constructed a secret identity for herself that would further ruin her. Later, she falls in love with a newspaper man. What happens when he finds out her secret? Not what you probably think. Okay. And mine. How do you feel about pool sex? Duncan whispers to the lady currently courting a gay aristocrat. Only oral, but then we must fight, Georgiana responds. Georgiana's Taylor Swift's reputation album come to life, plus a baby. Duncan is a man with a secret past. Yeah, and I mean, I would say that these are pretty accurate summaries. Yeah. Yeah. So this that's what you're going to get. If you read this book, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Some very angst-driven sexy times. Yeah. Um, her whole thing with her identity and her reputation and redeeming herself and losing herself, it's all very introspective, but in a very pop song kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> Um, um, so I so tell me about tell me about the the lady courting a gay aristocrat. So uh, she makes the determination. So she had this daughter. Yeah, and she wants she wants to get back in with society for her daughter's, daughter's sake. sake. So she's fine living on the outskirts, but she's tired of hearing the whispers, and especially it frustrates her because as Chase, she has all this power that as Georgiana, she can't wield. Right, and so she wants to be able to. For all that she has all this power in London and everyone's afraid of her, she can't actually use it to protect the thing she cares most about. Mm-hmm. So she makes the decision that the only thing she can do to protect her daughter is to get her a title. The, or the protection of a man with a title. Yeah, so she doesn't want to get a title for her daughter. Right, she wants, she wants to, get a to title marry for herself, a herself, so that, and, yeah. and therefore her daughter will be under this man's protection. Now, as Chase, she has all the down and dirty secrets of everyone in society. Mm-hmm. So she chooses someone 
who she knows has a secret and might be amenable to a marriage of convenience. Yeah, so she knows he's got a secret of his own that he doesn't want coming out. That and, he is gay. And she is willing to blackmail him if she has to. But she's planning on not blackmailing she's him. She's not planning on blackmailing him, but she is ruthless enough to be like, I'm going to do it if right. I have to. I would like to, for us to hook up out of friendship. Yeah. But if I if it comes down to it, he's going to marry me because yeah. I will threaten to expose him. Exactly. Which... For me, perfect amount of, like, bad boyness. Here. Yeah. You know, why is she a bad boy? To protect her daughter. Yes. You know what I mean? And she's making all these ruthless decisions without really knowing the person. Yes. Like, and would she ever actually do it? We don't know. But she would definitely threaten, she would definitely blackmail him. Yes. Yes. And she's been doing that with everybody. So, um, as you can tell, I think Georgiana is the thing in this book we're both more interested in. Yeah, for sure. Duncan's a little bit of a missed opportunity, not in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, yes, in a bad way. Uh, I, I, I liked him. I liked the original construction of the character. So him as this, like, really gung-ho... Like, he's introduced in the first few books, so he's hanging around the hell. Yeah. And you can tell that he's interested in finding out people's secrets. Like, and that's he, what he and does. Chase have, like, a symbiotic relationship, but they've never met, clearly. Right. So, like, they exchange letters, he gets information from Chase on his stories. And Chase gets information from, from Duncan. Him. So, right. you know, they, they, they're sort of working together, but she knows who he is. He, he doesn't know who she is. Right. So, I was expecting them to set up some kind of moral dilemma where he finds out who she is, they're in love, and then his dilemma is like, oh no, do I out her and make my reputation as a journalist, or do I keep it a secret and, you know, for love for her, so. Right, and he's agreed because he feels so bad about running a cartoon in which she's portrayed negatively, and her kid is too. He yeah. feels really guilty about dragging her kid through the mud prior to meeting her. Yes. Um, that he agrees to, like, help rehabilitate her reputation through print. Right. And it would have been really interesting if, like, He's made the decision independently that he wants to take down Chase. Right. And so if he was, like, his two big goals of rehabilitating her and taking down Chase, when he realized they were in conflict, it would have been a more interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. But, but instead, he has a dark past. He has a dark past. That he, For some reason, he thinks he could be hanged for, I guess, stealing a horse. So basically, Like, literally, I'm not kidding, guys. As a kid, he worked his mother was a servant in a wealthy household his mother was a servant of course as all servants in wealthy households are she was seduced, seduced by the the lord of the house and so his little sister is the duke's bastard or whatever yeah. the earl's bastard yeah and so after a particularly bad day at the homestead he decides he and his sister have to run away together they he steal steals a horse. horse and the identity of a dead boy Yes, yes, so he's, yes, exactly. So he has a fake identity, you, you know. And the Lord's son of the household that he was in, this is like super spoiler-filled, by the way. Like, Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Um, um, and maybe the spoiler should have come before and not after, before I but, spoiling yeah, it. you know. The Lord's son has, like, figured out who he is and is blackmailing him. Yeah, so he's being blackmailed, but then he's also dealing with Chase, who's a blackmailer, which is why he doesn't like Chase, but, eh, you know, just lots of half-assed psychological so the, the conflict issues. ends up coming more from that yeah and from her internal dilemma about like the life she is living and enjoying versus the reputation she feels like she'll need to inhabit in well, order to redeem her daughter and then the other issue that this really frustrated me mostly because of my pet peeve of just talk to each other mm -hmm. like just just talk to each other so he is 
So he knows that she is Anna and he knows that she is Lady Georgiana. So yes. he knows that she's these two people. He does not know that she is Chase. He is convinced that she's Chase's mistress. Right. She, he is convinced that Anna is Chase's mistress and is somehow beholden to Chase for some reason. He thinks she's probably being blackmailed too. Right. Or something. Uh, or something. And instead of her coming out and saying, no, actually Chase doesn't exist, like I am my own person, instead she keeps this a secret for this entire, like all of the sex that they have is had before he finds out that. Yes. Yeah, that, that she is Chase. Oh, I hadn't realized that. All of it, at least textually. Well, and that, so interestingly, I really enjoyed this book from mm -hmm. the beginning, them meeting at parties, him mm -hmm. agreeing to help her. There's this really hot makeout scene mm -hmm. outside of a house party. So basically yes. he's figured out she's Anna. He's like figured out that he wants her real bad. He thinks she's a madam. So he doesn't think there's any real moral quandary. Yeah. She turns out has only ever had sex once. Of course. Of course. Like, as close to purity as you can get. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but we're talking about, like, several romantic tropes here. Yeah. Right? We're like, she's... We're, they're blasting through the wall. Blasting through the Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they make a decision that they're gonna hook up. So, like, they schedule it. And he's like, I'm gonna take you home after this party. And uh -huh. then she gets too drunk. Yeah. And he's like, it's not gonna be tonight. You're too far gone. But, but they make out a lot. I was gonna say, but he, he doesn't not make out with her. And it is... One of the most searing kisses I think I've read. Tip top, very yeah. good. And again, it is a kiss on a balcony at a house party. So another trope with everyone they know inside of and could get caught, which which is just great. I just love it. I love it when they they are dancing, they're waltzing, of course, which is scandalous. And then they they're like, oh, I need some air, and they go out on the balcony or into the onto the grounds of the house. I like love, and I she's just like love just it. a little giggly, and I can eat it up. I, can, I just oh, it's I love so good. It. So then. Um, but and so the, and then they hook up in the pool. His so, pool. So by the way, guys, he's got the most amazing indoor pool ever. And the, obviously, you're like, this is Britain in like whatever Edwardian Georgian uh, restoration times. Uh, so the <laughs> yeah, pool right. is in the middle of like he's got twelve fireplaces in there, six fireplaces. Yeah, like all these furnaces, like insane number around. of fireplaces, like making this a sauna. Yeah, yeah, this, it's like basic, it's like sauna slash pool. And of course, there's a psychological reason he needs it, and it's because you know when he ran away and lived in London in poverty, he was never clean. Which, if anybody has read Leah Bardugo's Six of Crows series, Kaz Brecker did it better. <laughs> in any case, he he needs to be able to uh, take a dip in the pool every day just so he can feel clean and, and good about himself. So what do and, they do in that pool? They get unclean. Well, yeah, they get <laughs> they get real dirty in the pool. But um, what else was going to say? Oh, yes, we're always looking for a reason for why these, you know, 19th century dudes are, like, ripped. His is because he swims every day. Yes. So newspaper man, you'd think he was pudgy. Nope. Nope. Swimmer. Swimmer. And swimmer bodies are, like... They're hot. They're very good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Duncan, I mean, Duncan is very hot. But so it's in the book jacket description that he is... Devilishly handsome? Yes. No, handsome, handsome as sin. sin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. so, uh, but anyway. yes, yeah, so, but up through that, and then all of that's really hot and funny, and their banter is great, and their individual characters are really fun. Mm -hmm. She's this, like, bad girl... Yeah. Daughter and sister of a duke. Yeah. And him is this like totally self-made independent in like society's muck. Yeah. Dude. All that really worked for me. Up until pool nonsense because they don't go all the way. 
They, and then they have a big old fight. And then he comes to make up with her. Yes. And gets taken to, cha to Chase's chambers. Yes. Which is like what drives home for him that he is absolutely... That Chase has Anne as his mistress. Like right. He's sure. So he gets all possessive and decides to have sex with her all over Chase's chambers. And that's when they finally hook up. Yeah, which, which was not... I mean, I'm not saying it's not hot. I'm just saying it was really annoying. How angsty it was. Right. And, like, they fight immediately after. Like, they have sex and then it's a big goodbye. Yeah. And you're just like... And and here's my thing. My it's, eyes are epically rolling right Yeah, now. exactly. Here's the biggest thing for me is... And by this point, like, they're, they're in love. Like, she... I believe she's even told him that she's in love with him. But, but it's complicated. And she can't right. be with him. Right. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe she didn't actually say it. But she has acknowledged, at least to herself, yeah. that she's in love with him. And, like, I'm sorry, but he has been inside of you. Just tell him who you are. Right. Like, at this point, Especially she trusts at this him. Point, most of his hatred of Chase is driven by what he sees as this perceived wrong against Anna. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I was very, I was quite annoyed. I remember when I read it, I was like, Lane, like, I liked it, but, like, seriously, just, just have well, a candid conversation. And then from the point where it goes all angst, 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 post-sex, it's got a couple of dull chapters. Yeah. The ending... The ending is super fun. fun. Yeah. I'll just tell you that it's a very Spartacus ending. Yes. It was, I mean, it was, it was great. It was a great ending. Very enjoyable. No, it's super, super fun, but I... I just wish that there'd been slightly less angst there in the middle. Yes. Exactly. So, um, so we I think we talked about the sexiness. So it was, it was... It was it was sexy. This is probably the sexiest one to me. Yeah. Of these four. Yeah. Like so the sex. I mean, the sex was interesting. It was fun. It was consensual. Like all the good things we like cool. about it. Yeah, pool's really cool. I mean, it's actually not cool. It's very warm. Well, do you? <laughs> but we don't. We don't see them have sex in a bed, do we? No. Oh, I don't think so. But not, maybe not described because when they not not in detail. The graphic detail of the death. It's the death. Yeah. I think they do move to her bedroom after, but Chase's it's bedroom. Right, but it's yeah. I know. Anyway, anyway I'm sorry. My, my eyes are rolling as well. Like, yeah, yeah. It's Chase's bedroom. But the resolution is it's good. It's it's this one's really fun. Yeah, resolution uh, is super fun. Like I really did enjoy the way it it ended up. Yeah. And, well, and I like the um, side characters in this one a lot. Too. Yeah. I think, um... Well, with, except... Yes, with one exception. Which is her daughter, yeah. who I found precocious and annoying. She's, like, barely a character until she shows up at the end to negotiate with him for her mother's heart. It's ridiculous. But I liked the gay aristocrat she was trying to seduce. I liked him a he lot. He ended up being really cool. I liked his sister a lot. Yeah, I she agree. Was really she was really fun. Her daughter, I don't know. Her daughter was okay, except she seemed very... She seemed like very spoiled. Yeah, you, you know, you know what I mean. For someone who had no reason to be spoiled, and and in addition to being spoiled, she like wanted very much like, well, mom's not doing what I want her to do. So, like that's how it felt. Right. To me. She ran away from her nanny, stole a horse, rose yes. to a bad part of town to go to the newspaper factory yeah. to negotiate with him over loving her mother. It, it was, was pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. Um, the other thing that so this is. The offensiveness scale on this one is rather low, but one of the things that really bothered me, so she was this ruined woman who pulled herself up, who brought this group of men together, who founded this gaming hell. Yeah, and she th throughout the series, Chase is 
the mastermind. Like Chase is the intellectual power behind the the whole thing. Like none of them, none of the others would have ever even come up with the idea of right. a gaming house. And she clearly loves it mm-hmm. on some level. And literally, just because she met, meets Duncan, she starts thinking about like, is this really the life she wants at all? Yeah. And then in the ending. She gets to keep the hell mm-hmm. and Duncan, and it's great. But you never see her like rationalize that, right? Like the the even the, the in the middle in those chapters, I said were a little bit boring. She's really conflicted about like, is she proud of the life she's made? And like, there's no reason for her to be questioning it. Yeah, she's a badass who gets to like be a madam, but not have to sleep with gross dudes. Who gets to have all the secrets of yeah. London at her fang- fingertips. She loves not having to play by society's rules. Like other than lying to Duncan about being chased. There's nothing that she sees as a drawback to this life. Yeah, and, and also, like, it for some reason. why Why did you lie to him about it? Like, at a certain point, like, just just tell him the truth. Like, she yeah. knows she can trust him, so just tell him the truth. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that was re- what really got me. It's, it is absolutely my pet peeve, like, writ large. Yeah. So, yeah. But overall, like, I don't want to end on that downer, because this... The two characters are fun and not that tropey. Well, except for the fact that she... Okay, so here's the thing. We just talked about how she's super independent, pulled herself up by her own half-bootstraps, and is, like, the most powerful woman in London. She's masquerading as a mistress. She could have had sex with any guy she wanted to in... It's, like, 15 years. 15, 16 years, right? 13 years? No. It's more than 10. I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be, like, 8. I'm yeah. pretty sh- well anyway whatever because there's a, a big time. deal about the fact she's only like 25 yeah but she had the kid when she was 16 so the kid's 8 or 9 anyway it's been a long time like a, like 10 years or so um, and she had a sexual relationship with someone before you would think that she at least would be like hmm I'm gonna try this out once yeah and she didn't and so I was like yeah you're like such a badass woman but you're not gonna like take control of your own sexuality you Especially know what I mean when she could like, right she right, no right. Reason not to exactly there was no reason not to do it that's what got me but um and it easily could have been explained away better than it was right like, she could talk about how when you're the woman who knows every man's secret so man is appealing kind of yeah. thing but they they just make it more of a oh it just never happened just never felt like it and I mean, I don't know, like, am I just, I don't know. I just, it, it doesn't seem plausible to me, but. Especially running around with those hot dukes who got hooked up in the earlier books. I mean, she was hanging out with three hot aristocrats for years. All of them single. She could have told them to do whatever she wanted and they would have done it, you know? That might be the most unbelievable part. <laughs> that in those eight years that they were like together and sangle, that like sangle, sangle. I'm liking it. No one ever went for anything. Right? All right. Yeah, not even a kiss. Like, wouldn't it have been way more interesting if she did have a history with one of them? Right. Yes, one hundred percent. And it would have been really. I mean, it would have been great if, like, later they were like, "Oh, you aren't jealous of Penelope or whatever." You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That would have been a good dig. Oh, man. We're like, Sarah, if you're listening to us. <laughs> we loved this book, but. We really liked it, but you know what you could do in your next book? History. Yeah. Shared history. But no jealousy. No jealousy. Just history. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Uh, we, you know, I mean, we would love it. But seriously, guys, read this one just for the makeout outside the house party. That's it's, it's hot. It's really good. It's exceptional for a scene that is fully clothed kissing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I did really, I really liked Duncan a lot. Like, yeah. I liked him a lot. Um, except for his dark secret, because it wasn't really all that much of a dark secret. Like it was a 
heroic secret, you know, like he absconded with his d damaged sister. Right, exactly. Basically, it's a good one. Check it out. You will enjoy it when you read it. And that brings our uh, review of the Rules Scoundrel series to the end. We hope you enjoyed this special edition, these special editions. The holiday editions. The holiday editions. Of Plotress. <laughs> uh, as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And we will talk to you next time. See ya.